Hello, Internet, and welcome to another Select Start podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me, my co-host, co-chair, the man with the smile and the uh, the eyebrows that go on forever for eternity, <laughs> Chris. I love that everybody is picturing me somewhere between a dog and everything you've just described because I have yet to show my face on the podcast. Chris has officially become the voice of Barker the dog, a character that I've drawn for many years. And I, I, I you know, not, it was totally unintentional, but you, your voice and your cadence uh, fit his personality, how I've always pictured him spot on so congratulations on your promotion it's not it's a non-paying job there you go (laughs) all right guys so uh to break down kind of the big topic uh before uh, we come back we're gonna be talking about morality and video games uh does choice really matter uh chris has brought this topic to us and we're gonna really dive into it uh right here is the main topic for the show today so with that let's go ahead and select start Absolutely. So um, the uh, Destiny, obviously, Rise of Iron, it's just been my bread and butter. I have been dominating in in the Crucible and custom matches dropped this week. And so um, it just it was able I was able to just get together with friends and we were able to go and have some fun. And um, in fact, (laughs) I spent a good uh, hour watching Major League Gaming uh, broadcast Destiny like you know, competitive uh, play with a lot of really like high end players. And it was some of the most exciting uh, stuff I watched because it's just, there's so many little things. So, uh, you know, like Bungie's really, you know, with Halo, they, they really kind of perfected that paper, rock, scissors game. So it's like, you know, it's like you got guns, grenade, and melee. That's kind of like your, your three options. Destiny did the same thing, except for they brought in this, you know, a guns, grenades, melee, and just your nuclear bomb. Like, you know, everybody gets one occasionally. You can just like go crazy. So even if you're having a bad game, you can kind of turn that around really quickly with uh, your special, with your super. It's, it's what you can use it well-timed and you can say, you know, well, I didn't get any kills except for those two supers that I got. And at least I was able to, you know, uh, do something. But so uh, Destiny Rise of Iron actually drops uh, and goes fully live this week. And so most of it's just been me farming uh, various materials so that I feel like when when it when it drops, I'll be ready. <laughs> um, and outside of that, like, uh, no, <laughs> I've been I've been working on animating. <laughs> so okay. for anybody who's uh, who hasn't seen that little one minute video, like that one minute video, like took me 15 hours of work this week. I'm learning a lot, like, and I and I know that's going to get better, and I'm going to get better with time as I build out various assets. And I could, I, it's some of the most satisfying uh, work and and fun that I've done, uh, I think, in a long time. But it's just so funny because I would say. <laughs> it's like hopefully in, in a couple of years I'm gonna look back and be like, oh Brian, you fool! Like <laughs> you thought this was good. It's like, so. Um, and the only other thing I've been up to this week uh, before we find out and get any updates on you on Deus Ex or anything like that, but uh, we did our uh, they uh, Final Fantasy did its live letter uh, thirty two, and so we got on a podcast for Aetherite Radio, and I'll be sure to include the the links in the show notes below, um, where. 
we broke it down and talked to so Mr. Happy and Marco were on the show talking about live translating uh, and it was just a lot of fun to get together uh, but the only downside was it was such a late night so usually where I would have played a video game on Saturday uh, I was uh, up to like four in the morning doing the live watching the live letter and then covering it for Aetherite Radio that uh, Saturday Julie was really nice to me and she let me sleep in and I was just kind of a grump all day long so I, I just kept have a steady uh, a nice flow of coffee to me. So um, that's that's my my monologue for the first segment. How about you, Chris? Uh, what, what what are you playing? What's going on right well, now for you? Uh, I'm obviously still playing Deus Ex, so those videos are going up on on Sundays. Um, I am prepared to take my first big long vacation of the year next week. So my work schedule has been nuts trying to get ahead enough that I can come back and immediately be behind again. <laughs> um, and so I've been doing that and then I have started animating. I'm not ready to discuss what the project is because it took me, I'd say three hours to produce the first six seconds. And so I'm just not sure what year that project's going to complete in at my current <laughs> pace. Uh, but I am, I am trying to learn. And it is funny that you and I picked the same week to learn because we didn't plan that. And I called you and I was like, Hey, what do you think about Adobe animate? And you're like, you ruined my surprise. <laughs> and I had, I had no idea that you had the same, like, Oh, I'm going to, and that's what I really like about kind of co-producing this, this YouTube channel with you is we're both just mm-hmm. really committed to producing comment, you know, uh, content, but really this, one thing is the only thing we do together. Everything else is kind of, you know, you, you post a video and I'm like, Ooh, I'll watch that. Um, and I have no idea. So we're each other's own <laughs> our best fans. Dude, your video was amazing. <laughs> First. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm do I, that yeah, I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun doing that and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with Deus Ex. Um, that's, that's really it is I'm just trying to, I got game nights. I, I had a lot yeah. of fun making game oh, night last and week. Fantastic. And if you guys have not checked out this uh, week's game night video, um, Chris has, has been getting really good with his edits and being able to take uh, four hours and really condense it down into like a really fun, you know, five minute video of the highlights with just everybody who's, who's on that. So there's a bunch of characters and I think there's a lot of really good jokes um, that aren't, you know, a hundred percent inside, but I would, I would really encourage you guys uh, to take a look at his work and that he posts up on Wednesdays and give him a, a give him a thumbs up. Uh, that, will yeah. help, that will help boost his, uh, his, uh, his eyebrow strength so that he can focus in on making even better, better videos. I'm going to draw yes, you. Eyebrow strength <laughs> is actually directly proportional to the number of videos I produce in a week. So, um, <laughs> if, if I could get more likes, I think that I could produce more videos. And actually this week, Itai, um, Patrick Jane, I don't know which one we're, we're calling him all the time in halo. Yeah. Um, he came over this week because I, I take weekdays off with my job and he came over on one of my weekdays to, to have lunch with me. And um, he's like, hey, do you mind if we edit the game night video together? I think that'd be really cool to see how you do that. And I think he quickly became overwhelmed with just how boring four hours of watching other people play games is <laughs> and that you really have to condense it down to that four and five minutes to make it what it becomes and so i'm learning a lot this week uh he did end up leaving he ended up that 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 was short-lived uh there was just a certain he's like well when do we get to the good stuff i think i think i think it was really funny and i'm telling you jude 
I wrote down these 30 timestamps. We're going to make these 30, which are going to be like 11 minutes down into four. And uh, this week I really played with some new stuff. So I've been having a lot of fun learning more video editing. And I am just kind of, I wanted to pick up some old titles and play them. And then I realized, no, I just need to buckle down because this October... I'm thinking of getting Civ Six. Yes. We're definitely getting Forza. We're definitely getting Titanfall. Yes. And I'm still working on Deus Ex. I do not need to be adding another game. And I've been playing D and D, so that's been my focus. Mm-hmm. So the um, yeah, you know, so like even just talking about like how the rest of our year is is looking for 2016, it's incredible, right? So you and I, we're both getting two games that we're going to play together: Titanfall and Forza. I'm picking up Gears Four. Uh, and just because I'm, you know, I've always enjoyed that series. Julie and I will play that together, and it's just a lot of fun. And then the big one is Final Fantasy 15. And so I have been doing my best to be completely in the dark about that game as much as possible. I've played obviously the demos just to kind of get a feel for it, provide feedback wherever you know, uh, however Square Enix has asked for it in the past. But they came out with this trailer from TGS, and I avoided it. I avoided it, and I finally just caved this weekend and watched it and I'm just I'm so excited for that game um I said it in a tweet and I talked to Mr. Happy about it like on the podcast I was saying the 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 biggest uh strike against Final Fantasy 15 in the minds of players everywhere is that they wrongfully assume the game has been in development for 10 years and the reason is is that for anybody who you know like hey well, I've just heard of Final Fantasy 15 what's he talking about uh originally there was a game called Final Fantasy versus 13 that they showed off and it kind of had these similar characters and you know so they've been able to take a lot of that and bring that into 15 but basically what happened that game got canceled and so then when when they were uh the team was being in saying hey we want to do Final Fantasy 15. They said, you know, we built this whole world and we have these characters. <laughs> let's take some of that and let's gear this up and make it a whole uh, a numbered series in the Final Fantasy uh, genre. And the, the trailer, I mean, if nothing else, just brought out just so much excitement uh, for the game. Now, it was originally scheduled to come out at the end of September. That has since been delayed. And I'm so thankful because we got Forza, we got Gears, we got Titanfall. You're thinking Safe 6. And actually, Julie was even talking about, she's like, hey, I maybe we get into a kind of simulation game or something like that. That might be fun. Um, then at the same time, I obviously then uh, patch 3.4 for final fantasy 14 drops uh, on the 27th. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness, there's just not going to be any way to be able to play that much, continue to do uh, the channel and have a, uh, a resemblance of life <laughs> outside of everything. Right. So um, anyway, uh, I just kind of was like, you know, I'm just really excited about this fall. This is going to be a fun fall. We don't have too much uh, longer to wait, but at the same time, I just want to kind of a couple housekeeping notes about the show before we take our first um, uh, break and we get into our main topic for the show. I'm, I'm going to be out at a uh, fan fest for final fantasy 14 in October. That's like October 13th and 14th. So if you're a fan, of the show and you're listening it and you're actually going to FanFest, uh, you know, I, I'd love to say hi, hey to you. And obviously, thanks for listening to the podcast. So I'm going to be out there for that. Uh, and then obviously, um, uh, any other kind of, you know, thing, you know, that we have coming up, we'll try to announce it on the show. Chris, do you have any, uh, anything that you, uh, you, cause you, uh, no, that very same, up? that very same day, I will be, uh, that very same weekend, I'm going to be at, uh, Dallas Comic-Con. So Ooh. I don't know if there's any, any local, Texans coming to that, but that is where I am headed with my brothers. We're, we're making a, 
a go of it. So I, I, I want to be a presenter at a Comic Con some point. That's that's a that's a life goal. You you have told me that for years, so I, I know <laughs> you're not just it. pulling that out. Well, <laughs> All cool. right, guys. I think that's the end of this segment. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back, and we're going to be talking about morality and video games. Stay tuned. like start podcast so our big topic today is morality and video games and chris you brought this up as a topic for the show uh and so i want to kind of throw it to you to be the moderator of this second segment to really drive it home so um when you say let's talk about morality and video games i'll break that down what, is, what does that mean what does that mean for me i think there's a couple of different sides to it uh obviously you, you have different people out there that believe that games should be this escape and so they shouldn't be tied to our same reality. And then the question becomes, does that mean they need to be on our same moral compass? So are they this escape or are they something that's actually shaping young minds and, and we should be careful with the kind of content we put in games because it's going to cause that reaction out in the real world. And I think that I don't know that it has to be that black and white, but obviously like the big things are like when you see games like Oblivion and stuff starting to punish theft um, and kind of building in that, hey, you need to play by this this role or people are going to treat you as evil as opposed to like Grand Theft Auto where, yes, there are police, but it's almost they almost I mean, they make a game out of it literally. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's about prostitutes and shooting people and stealing cars. And so it's not. I'm not just talking about like the violence in Halo. I'm talking about actual like RPGs um, where your character has a moral compass and the storyline pushes you in a certain direction. What do you think about that? Should should we should we be careful with what we put in games, or is it beautiful that they're this not real world? The uh, I think the mistake that uh, kind of to your first question, you know, is that uh, it really is dependent on your audience. Uh, different people are going to react completely differently in those in, 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 in types of situations where somebody who could be looking at this from just a standpoint of, uh, you know, playing a particular role. Like, uh, you know, like I guess the question that I'd have for that, Chris, to you is, uh, is playing a an evil character in a show bad? You know, that, 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 that person is playing a, you know, a bad person for the sake of storytelling or for the sake of that role. You know, is, is do we put that same level of uh, of weight on the actor for you know essentially role playing uh, you know an evil character? Because uh, like I guess a couple examples would be uh, Jared Leto playing the Joker. Uh, Joker's I guess a really good example because then you look at Heath Ledger, uh, you know, and his role, and it said you know the, the the role in and of itself, the psychology behind it. You know, people have come and said that it does have some kind of impact, right? What, what, like, any thoughts on, on, you know, that question regarding kind of like role playing even outside of games? I think, I think it's it's an odd line. I don't think GTA makes people want to go commit serial homicide. Um, I do think that 
you know, seeing repetitive car crashes in games and seeing all these things does kind of make me numb to car crashes in real life. When I see a car crash on the side of the road, I don't see it as horrific, but I think the same thing could be said about our news. I think our news networks show us, they numb us to these, these images because all I ever see is these crazy car crashes. And it's, it's hard to think about that as, oh my gosh, if that happened to me or somebody I cared about, you know, that would be, that would be so traumatic, but I don't know that it's the responsibility of game developers to avoid those topics. No, it's not the responsibility whatsoever because, you know, car crashes, violence, those things are real. And so the question then is like your, your phrasing is that, is it, is there desensit, you know, like, yeah, uh, desensitation. Anyway, you're, gosh, I'm just so bad with words today. <laughs> uh, are you then desensitized to that violence that, you know, and desensitized and propensity to then go out and commit that violence that there is not, you know, there's no correlation um, that at least so far that for any studies have been able to come out and leverage one opinion or the, the other, you know, is that, uh, because even even still, like I would almost say, and this is just pure speculation on my point. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not running these studies. But uh, the human uh, race and our history is a violent history. You know, there's been just atrocities and violence and war. Uh, you could even, I would even go as far as say that the ability to escape and vir- you kind of almost virtualize that uh, could lead somebody who might be feeling very aggressive to take out that in a in a kind of a, in a role playing way to where it isn't real, you know. And so going in, running and playing this game and escaping this, you know, uh, you know, yes, it's you know, uh, but it's a game. It's not not real. And as long as the the person, the individual, is able to maintain that kind of that mental split between reality and and that and the game and that experience then they can you know they it can actually i think serve to be um you know very nice because is there violence still today yes um i would love to see some kind of study i mean just based off of uh it have to be ratio because obviously with more people in a bigger world (laughs) having access to various things will all come into effect but you know, people tend to forget, like, you know, World War Two, World War One, Vietnam, like just uh, Civil War, like all of these times in which that just great acts of violence ha- have been brought upon each other. And I've even said, like, you know, one of the big things that helps, you know, people, <laughs> you know, kind of remain calm is if they're well fed and they've got, you know, entertainment. Like I would say like Netflix and uh, and and food variety keeps people from just going and saying, you know what, let's rebel or let's just go out and, right. you know, fight <laughs> because what else is there to do? And we've got so many forms of entertainment. Um, the, the sad and the tragic piece of it is still no matter what is that people are, gonna, are still going to act out. And I don't see a correlation between that and, and, and moral video games Uh that, that's I've got some other thoughts, but there it's kind of a shifting a different question. I want to throw back to you, Chris, on uh, adding in any color. Or, like, do you agree with what I'm thinking, or do you disagree? I think I think that you look at things like GTA specifically, where you have countries where retailers kick it out and and all of that. And so that's it's always been kind of 
the center of this conversation um, just because it's such an extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, and some of those are, are, are just actually publicity and marketing. There have been studies that have come out that it's that if they can get somebody to introduce a bill saying that this game is banned, it generates more interest in that conversation. Why is this game being, you know, being denied? And so some of that has actually been more marketing than it actually has been anything real. It's just somebody's paying somebody to introduce a bill that won't pass so that people like, you know, have that conversation. And so the conversation isn't whether the game is good or bad. It's just, Oh, well, we should protect our, you know, <laughs> young impressionable minds, which you should, but that's, I, I've seen that actually more as a marketing ploy. And there was another company who did it back with, back in the day, like at E3, it was like Dante's Inferno. They had a pair so-called Christians out like denouncing the game and they weren't at all. They were just people who were hired to go and say they were Christians and denounce the game so that, you know, they could try to build up this kind of thing. Like, Oh, you know, Christians say that you shouldn't play this game, which makes people go, well, why shouldn't you? I want to go check that thing out, you know, because somebody's saying that they shouldn't do it. It's a human nature kind of thing. Sorry, but I, I completely cut you off there again. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, uh, I think that, I think it's just like every other media that there has ever been. I think mm-hmm. plays, movies, TV shows, radio shows, um, conversation. I think it, it, it's it's pervasive, and so I think there is a, a moral responsibility that you are the loudest voice. So it's kind of the same way we hold politicians to. We say that the things they do in their private lives are so important. Oh, they had a divorce. I can't believe they cheated on their wife. All these different things. Mm -hmm. Really, those have nothing to do with their job. Whether or not they cheat on their wife has nothing to do with their ability to represent my views when actually voting in laws. Um, But for some reason, we hold them to this higher ground. And so the the only threshold for it is that when you talk about things like women's rights, racial tension, violence, um, all these things, they do have the louder voice because we all see games and we all play games. And so I think that it's good to be conscious of it and not just have needless violence. Um, but I don't think GTA is needless violence. I think it, I think it's exploring that the side of things. I, I do. I think it's, and, and that's the nature of the criminal element. It's not just, it's not just, you know, a prostitute simulator, like that's just a part of being in a criminal underground. Yeah, I got, I got a different question I'm going to propose to you then. So how do you then in like Skyrim or in these games with these, the, the, with the moral questions that lead you down one or many paths, like even D and D, like, are you playing good, neutral, you know, chaotic, evil, you know, like you have so many, like, and they kind of have that like little grid in which of the, you know, like your character's propensity to whatever is. So how do you react? Uh, like do you, what do you choose? When games, um, I'm a little over ambitious. So I tend to be a completionist, which means that I have to do both. Uh, but when games make you choose, I don't know. I was raised in a pretty conservative household. I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to play M rated games until I was the right age, which sucked. Um, because I don't, I don't my think friends that's wrong, were playing Diablos and, and you know, as a kid, I was like, Oh gosh, all my friends are playing all these games. But in hindsight, it really, I think it gave me a good balance and a good respect for, Hey, sometimes you should just not do something because it's not, 
is not benefiting you. And I have that ability to say no. So I, I think it was probably good parenting overall. Hard to say. I, I wasn't, I have, you know, I'd have to ask myself in the alternative dimension where my parents didn't have those rules. Mm-hmm. And, and what you can't do unless, wait, did you do that? Did you get that? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you I don't know. This dimension does not have that technology. And um, every st- scientific study would come to you. Like you would be, you would never yeah. need money if you could, you could show, Hey, welcome to earth too. It's <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think that it does just show me a representative of my moral compass, at least to the level that I'm willing to tell other people. Cause sometimes you have thoughts that you don't share with other people and True. actions Everybody are really does. what we punish. So even in a game when presented with an option, you may say no. And in your head, like, wouldn't it be funny if I said yes? And that's cause in your head, you're like, I want to say yes, but you don't have, <laughs> even in, even when a chance to live it out fakely, you don't do it. I think, I think as long as it doesn't directly hurt other people, I'm not that guy that goes into villages and just starts killing innocent people, but I'll absolutely take their stuff because they're NPCs and they don't use it. If I thought that NPC was going to go get those tools out of his drawer and he was actually going to make things and that was going to therefore control which items were available in the market, I wouldn't take the tools because I want more items to be available in the market. But because I know those are tools are there for me to take. Yeah, I'll steal them. And if the game mechanic says I have to do it in secret, let's do it. Um, I think that's where I'm at. I think I just play to the mechanics and I absolutely, but I, but I won't hurt innocent people for no reason. Well, I mean, there's, there's truth in the sense that, and and this is an older phrasing is that you should guard your heart uh, thoughts because they lead to your words. You should guard your words because they lead to your actions. You should guard your actions because they lead to your character. And so that if you allow yourself to, to, you know, because you're going to have like, you know, dark thoughts or bad thoughts and those, that's just natural. But if you start to embrace those, you're going to start to see that maybe your language is going to change and so on and so forth. So from that perspective, it can be, you know, very difficult and very challenging to continue to maintain that uh, going forward. And so the, the question that I asked you, obviously, is what kind of choices do you make? And it's like, so to myself, like I find that I tend to always end up role playing good characters, good outstanding characters, hero type, making the tough choices and the, and the, and the hard choices, uh, you know, not tending to be. Uh, you know, like stealing things or, or whatever. But I never, at the same time, like I know I've played a lot of RPGs where it's like, you just kind of go to their house and here's a treasure chest, you open it and you, and you, <laughs> and you take their stuff and you go. I never consider that, you know, stealing, especially back in those RPG days. You break all the pots in Zelda. You break yeah. all of them. <laughs> How mad like, would you be? Somebody arrest this kid, please. I've spent my entire life making these pots and now my family's going to starve. Or open but, pots where they hide their money and then I took yeah. the money. Mm-hmm. But you like with RPGs that that that's been introduced, you know, and they had uh, you know like obviously like D and D's been around for a while to make to help you kind of make through those choices. But uh, it seems to be more something that's interesting that's brought into uh, into that. And so like Grand Theft Auto like is, is a great example. It's a very well produced and sold game. Like they like from a, just a technology perspective, I've been highly interested in that game, but I rarely ever get them or play them for the most part because it's like. It's just something that doesn't necessarily like interest me. Like I, you know, I have a very difficult time making those type of choices in a game, and that's why this topic is really interesting. Like I literally like like I, I want to play the hero. I want to be the good guy. 
you know, all right? I, all I picture is you like, I, I only take parked cars and I always return them to where I found them. <laughs> when I'm and done I, using and them. I, and I make sure that I take them into a shop to get them repaired before I park them where I found them. And clean. Thank you. <laughs> this was very mission critical. I had to go run down that drug dealer and, uh, you know, I had to pop a, pop a cap in his ass. <laughs> no, it's like, it's just, it's different. like, but like, even like, oh, say in Final Fantasy, like I'm, I'm mainly, you know, I, I, you know, I play all the different roles and cause they interest me, but my propensity is to play a healer. Cause it's like, you know, I want to, you know, I look at the, the healer kind of in a priestly kind of figuring, you know, kind of way from a character perspective. Uh, you know, Bryn Zalazar in game likes to help people and answer questions and, 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 you know, kind of reach out and, you know, try to be friendly and things like that. It is an extension of, I think, who I am and who I strive to be, especially in, in the real world. But, you know, I find that it's <laughs> I don't feel bad if there's a game that has me make a bad choice, uh, you know, or it gives me two bad choices. But I, I tend not to to seek out that kind of experience. Okay, uh, so if we, take it, if we take it one step further and okay. you get in a situation where you do play those games, mm-hmm. for example, um, I play I play Warhammer 40k. I play yeah. – it's a tabletop game. Um, I got introduced to it back in grade school and I was playing with another group of guys and, I, and they said, you have to pick an army different than us. Mm-hmm. That's a fair request. Don't copy one of us, bro. All right. So I looked through the armies. And the coolest artwork before I even knew what the army was, was chaos space Marines hands down. Well, then I get to know all the fluff and stuff after I buy my first, my first miniature, which is, which was a dreadnought, which is not even something they have as a model anymore. Um, but chaos is they're the arch enemy. They're the center of your bad force. You have kind of these unexplained alien forces that are typically seen as evil because there's kind of the Imperium, which is, is the humankind, but chaos are the people who broke off against humankind and they, they seek out the chaos gods and they just wreak havoc. So role play wise, I am inherently the bad guy. I'm, I'm evil. My armies, my armies are split up into different chaos gods. And as I pick different, like parts of my army, it's like, Oh, these guys are all about lust. And these guys are all about, and so they're, I mean, that's what they're themed on. These guys are all about blood, bloodthirstiness. And so I get really into it. Does that mean that because my thoughts on that game and then therefore when I talk about that game and then therefore when I act and I, and I get into the fluff and I, I joke and stuff that as I leave now in my mind, I've, I've somewhat degraded my morality. I don't believe so. Um, it would still depend though. I mean, <laughs> Because now this would be such more uh, kind of the, the like a bigger topic is that to what do we derive morality from? Um, because in this case, let's say you were like, okay, so you're the, you serve the gods of chaos in this in this game, uh, you know, it's like that. In that case, you know, from that perspective, what they're doing is in their mind, in their worldview, is a good because it's like this is what we perceive to be good. Now, can that affect you? Absolutely. Like going out and doing. Um, you know, a Ouija board, people can see that as very innocent. It can actually be incredibly destructive and dangerous. Like, you know, we, like this gets outside of just games, but, you know, is there a, uh, you know, is there a God? Is there, uh, is there a life after this? Uh, what do we derive our, our moral code from? Is it from, uh, you know, a God or gods, or uh, is it from some, you know, standard in which that we want to set for ourselves as a society? Um, 
saying for for the common good. Uh, anything we can do can damage that relationship. And so <laughs> there is an inherent risk. It just is, I can't, I'm not the judge on, does that impact you? I mean, it's like, cause there's no way that I could scientifically, you know, say like, well, Chris went into this game and his moral score, like this isn't, you know, our life right, isn't an RPG. Right. Your moral score was at a 9.7, but now it's a 9.6. I mean, there's no study or test or anything that could actually say that, that that's been the case. Chris, in, in this case, is his judge and, you know, like, like if you come out and you're like, well, you know, before I was having a good day, but after playing all these bad characters, I'm having some bad thoughts. You know, okay. that, that, then you, then I would have to say, then yeah, it did, it did impact you. If that makes so, any sense. So now to bring it back around. Okay. Do you think that games as a platform are acting as our barometer, right? Where it's kind of showing us where our moral degradation is at because of the games we buy. Or are they contributing further? I mean, because I we we play a lot worse games now than would have been allowed to come out even twenty years ago. I, I don't think they would have been allowed. I just don't think that we had the, te- the technology um, form. Are there like there were games that came out when I was in college that were just awful, and I haven't seen many of those games come out today. Right? Um, they got the level of market share that. Grand Theft Auto can get because Grand Theft Auto sells a ton of copies. It sells, but it's you know there's all these various different components. I can't remember what what the game was, but I remember like you could actually strangle somebody with and suffocate them with a plastic bag over their head, and they were really striving for this this shock, you know, this gore, this the sense of just like you know grittiness, etc. It it didn't sell, you know. It's like at the end of the day, like gaming in and of itself is a business, just like anything else. Like if people are gonna buy the, the property uh, people are going to make more of, of, of that property it's, it's it, that's just a known fact if you go and you make you know you can make something that's just just awful and it, you know it sells a couple but okay there's no there's no business side to it so we're like outside of it like I mean the same thing kind of applies to literary and to movies and to all of it it's that uh, it there is an acceptable limit that we as a culture obviously play a part, right? You know, it's like if uh, if you're not buying the game, if you're not going to see the movie, they're going to be like, well, let's not let's not make that again. But if you look at, let's just like keeping it like in the realm of movies though, uh, PG-13, you know, now versus PG-13 in the 80s versus, they didn't have, I think, a rating system, uh, you know, the, the rating system for games and for movies is also relatively new. But, you know, PG-13 now versus and as the, as it keeps going, you see like uh, there's just more stuff that's allowed because we, you know, as a culture, you know, allow it. And whether, you know, that's good or bad, you know, that's that's up for, up for debate. But I've seen many uh, PG movies introduce PG-13 content because PG-13 movies sell better <laughs> right. than a PG card. Right. It was unnecessary. Like it was unnecessary that, like that plot, had no nothing to do to with the plot, but they did that just to bump the rating because for some reason people were like, "Oh, I want to see," you know, no, a PG and, movie. Uh, my wife and I don't have kids. I don't want to see a PG movie because I assume I won't like it. And that's not true. There's been like, and great it's not true at all. Like, <laughs> so I've it's gone like and seen but, some, but, but when I see, I, I, I think of PG movies as, "Oh my gosh, there's going to be kids in the theater, and most of the jokes are going to be winded way, way down," and it's not the case, right? It's it's not an easy topic. I think it's one that everybody who especially listening to the show needs to kind of think through on their own uh, and make that decision. For me, I try not to. Like, it's like, what am I going to play? Like, an M-rated game doesn't bother me. Violence doesn't bother me. But I do try to avoid 
overtly sexual content. You know, so like, in, in, let's say I did play GTA, I wouldn't role play picking up like prostitutes and especially murdering them because um, I don't like, so, like, and also I don't like killing cops. Like it's, you know, like th- those are like some issues that I have with the GTA series that Brian has that I'm not advocating that, you know, everybody needs to share the same opinion, but I don't support violence against women. I don't support violence against police officers. And if like, and that's why I really don't play and gravitate towards that game. But like, there are things that it's like, I find objectively that I want to try to protect myself from, you know, because, you know, I, I can be just like anybody else. I can, you know, be exposed and saturated into something and come to accept it as a truth when it's not games again, for me are an escape. And so I try to, you know, just play games that I enjoy. It's like, man, what a can of worms. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, what's the rabbit hole? Which way do we want to take it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big topic. It's a big topic. I look forward to getting any feedback. Um, yeah, we definitely... Um, different comments, emails, however people would like to send it to us. We, we would love to have it. Work to game videos uh, at gmail.com is the, is the email address. You can find us on uh, Twitter. Like I'm on Twitter at Delmonte B. We also uh, you set up our Twitter for the Work to Game uh, channel. We're on YouTube, obviously on uh, on iTunes. Uh, this is a big topic. We've actually gone. You know, this is our longest topic. And uh, you know, you at the beginning, like before we were going into it, you were asking, like, well, did we want to kind of break it up into different parts? And we kind of got in, opened up this interesting, interesting piece towards the end. And I think this is something we might want to revisit, either kind of in a more focused specific topic i like to maybe get some you know there's definitely a lot of interesting studies out there um that people like to misquote <laughs> yeah so maybe, maybe to try to bring some of that into it as well so tell us what you think uh you know thanks obviously for listening to the podcast this long uh like favorite subscribe uh, to the channel um you know find us on youtube let us know like what videos that we're making that you like and uh, let us know if you'd like to see anything uh, special for the podcast or if you have a topic that you'd like us to break down so, uh, Chris, do you have any final uh, thoughts before we? Uh, no, that's it. I'm I, I am just overwhelmed with how supportive the community's been so far. So, thank you guys for that. Keep watching our other videos and let us know what you want to see more of. We want to keep producing content, but we're definitely uh, this is a dialogue, and we want to produce the content for you guys. So, let us know what you want to see more of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, for work to get videos for Chris and for Brian, uh, you all have a great week. Bye.